Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. My co-host for the day, Kevin Powell, is here, uh, author of Grocery Shopping with My Mother, and a woman who holds up all authors because she is literally the founder and executive director of the Center for Black Literature, director of the National Black Writers Conference, and of course, professor of English at Megar Evers College in Brooklyn. The one and only Dr. Brenda Green is here. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me again. Yes, really hold you up. You are keeping keeping the the tradition of of um, making sure that the public knows all of the literary and cultural and political things we're doing. Always good to see you, Mr. Powell, Kevin Powell. Hey, Still waiting hey. for your book. <laughs> oh, we yeah, get I know. Your copy. It's okay. We're still no, waiting. No, we gotta still get waiting your copy. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, fact, he know- we're going- go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say we're going to be um, doing a program or a conversation with Kevin Powell in, in May. In May. Looking yes. forward to that. Yes, uh, we were talking off mic the um, last time the th- three of us were together. Uh, you were in the background, but we, I uh, moderated a panel that included Kevin Powell and uh, Ibrahim Kendi. And, you know, it was and I was saying somebody called last week. It was like, I saw you on C-SPAN. I was like, where? And so that thing is still it's it's up, Kev. We are we are on loop at C-SPAN. Apparently, people like to watch that. So yes, I, I thank you for that because yeah. and you know if you go to um, if you put if you Google on C-SPAN on their Google site search site if you put National Black Writers Conference we have conferences that go back to two thousand six. Mm. They've given us a page on awesome. C-SPAN Book TV. Listen, so I want to thank you because they would not continue playing that if I didn't have such such stars and literary <laughs> giants on on the program. Well, wow. I was telling uh, Karen they initially only asked for two of our tapes, but then they kept they asked for all of them. Wow, that's right. So that says something about the work that we're doing and the work that you're doing. It's I the think. consistency of the excellence coupled with people understanding the power of that and clicking because it's all algorithms right so y'all viewing it and watching it has let the people know that this is what they want more of and you know I remember going to one of your conferences might have been like 15 years ago when I met LA Banks for the first time because you know I love that vampire horror genre like that grew up on Stephen King and and you know Anne Rice and them and so to have a black woman writing about vampires and werewolves I met her for the first time at your conference and all of the so many great writers uh yeah I think you have featured everybody you know like if Brooklyn was where to go, you know, if you were a writer. Uh, uh, I got to echo Dr. Green. I mean, I feel like I literally grew up in this festival, in this conference, because it's like I remember coming as a very young writer back in the day and just being in awe of the people that were there. And I had no books, <laughs> no books, but it was like it was a welcoming space. And so I just want to thank you. And I definitely had a great time uh, last year. It was really great to be there. I can't wait to the event in May with you all and just kudos because there's, there's not a lot of centers like it in the country and it is it is not only uh contemporary contemporarily necessary but it's historic and so i want to encourage people please center for black literature and shout out to megar evers college you know named after the great great megar evers right here in brooklyn our beloved brooklyn which is to us the center of the world you know how it is <laughs> yes yes um 
Uh, you know, we actually are the only center. We're modeled after the Gwendolyn Brooks Center for Black mm-hmm. Literature and Creative Writing, founded by Haki, Dr. Hakeem Abudi. Mm-hmm. And, and they're doing some important work. And we looked at them when we modeled, when I wrote the proposal to found the center. But the person, in terms of the complexity and the comprehensiveness of the programming we're doing, I don't think there's any other center in the country doing that. There is none. Mm-hmm. For Black literature, we have African-American studies programs, and um, but a center focused on Black literature. I really encourage people to visit our website. Yes. I think you will be amazed. It is very layered. We have all of our programs listed. We have a YouTube page. You know, I started look, look, doing, look, look. I learned how to do Zoom. <laughs> so I've taken those writers' interviews that, you know, turn them into Zoom. We have a book list. You talked about a book list before. Mm-hmm. And um, the last, our Jubilee, we have, um, if you go to the YouTube page, we have some excerpts from our Jubilee. And uh, I just want to thank, I want to say this publicly, that I really want to thank you, uh, Karen, for being an honorary member of the steering committee for the Jubilee 20 years. Um, it's amazing when you look at what we've done of, over the years. And the way that people have supported us. And when I call out to writers and say, we want you to participate, they come. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to thank you for giving us that platform. And and Kevin, whenever we call on you, you there come. Let's talk a little. We're talking doctor, with Dr. Brenda Green, um, Brenda M. Green, uh, also Talib Kweli's mom. I just always <laughs> always say that. Uh, and Jamal, and Jamal Kwame's J- mom. Jamal, Jamal, I'm sorry. Kwame Jamal Kwame Green, because he, I'm sorry, he never gets uh, all of the love that we need to give him as well, because you, you birthed two amazing human beings. Um, I'm very blessed. And your third baby is the Center for, for Black Literature. The pivot, you know, like for many of us, and I'm, I, I haven't struggled with it as much because I'm always like, what can we do next? What can we do next? But those of us who are working always say, you know, you're busy working. You ain't got time for promotion and PR and websites and clicks and links and figuring out the algorithms. And, you know, and, and it's just hard because you've just been always doing the work. So I'm, I'm happy. What what um, precipitated this pivot for you, Dr. Green, to be out there more to be because I know it's not a comfortable place for most of us. Most of us just want to be in our own headspace, putting our heads down and making things happen behind the scenes. What what precipitated? Well, you know, this? It's, it's not I, I would say that it goes back to passion. And, and living the purpose-driven life, which is what I strongly believe in. And um, I decided that many years ago, I instilled that in my sons. You know, if you find, you know, that saying, if you find your passion, you'll never have to work a day in your life. So people say, why aren't you retired? I said, why should I retire? I'm going to still be doing this work. That's right. You know, and so um, the servant leader, the importance of service, you know, Shirley Chisholm service is the rent we pay to live on this earth. Um, uh, Marianne Wright Edelman, my wa- I, I, Edelman, the sea is so wide and my arms are so small. You know, there's a lot of work to do. Mm. And if we're gifted and blessed to be in a position to use our platforms to support writers, then we should do it. And uh, I was really inspired meeting John Oliver Killens. Mm who was a very soft-spoken man, but who was so strong, wielding a 
mighty stick and you look at the the service and the support that he came gave to writers and his vision around hosting a conference every year and the importance of being a long distance runner you know if we don't do the work who will i came up during the you know the black arts movement and we had all the writers and poets and artists and musicians who were doing the work because they were motivated to, and they they still continue to inspire me. Mm-hmm. You know, they formed the seeds for people for the kind of work you were doing, Kevin. You know, the black yeah. arts. You know, that came out of the hip hop and what you've continued to do, uh, Karen. I remember listening to you when you were first on a. I forgot what radio show you were on. WWRL. WWRL. You were on fire then. You know. And so you, you know, I get excited. I, I get really up and when I see how students react and and I and I get the support. I get really riled up and I want to continue to do it. I'm just, yeah, as I said, I'm just blessed that I'm able to continue to do that. Mm. You know, you know, and Dr. Green, I just want to uh, echo what you said. It's like I'm sitting here smiling because I it's so important for people to understand why black writers, black literature matters. Unfortunately, I was one of those kids who didn't know that black people wrote books until I got to college, until I was 18. You probably recall Dr. Cheryl Wall, the late great Dr. Cheryl Wall. Yes, she was yes. my professor at Rutgers, Harlem Renaissance. And that's what started for me. And then from there, I learned about the black arts movement. And you're right, there's a direct connection. Like our, me and Ras Baraka's first book together in the tradition of Mary Baraka poem. You know, we were yeah. clear that we come out of the black arts movement. You know, the fact that I met your son Talib at a bookstore, in Kiro bookstore in, in Brooklyn, New York, because we, had, we shared a love of books. And then, you know, connecting with Karen and, 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 and her work as as an author, but also someone who became a publisher herself and all the things she's done. Uh, you know, I, I got to ask a couple of quick questions, Dr. Green. How, where did your love of books come from? When did, how early did it start for you? And what did you read as a child? Well, I read, um, I, I always was a reader, knew I wanted to be a teacher at five years old, played school. Wow. But was always reading, um, to go to the library, take out like eight or 10 books at a time, mm. <laughs> read them, read under the cover. But I was reading all the traditional children's books you know, this, the, the Sue Barton and I, you know, as like Cheryl, the, the uh, Bobsy twins and all that, read all those books coming up. And as I got older, um, I um, started reading mysteries and a little bit of sci-fi, but I didn't read any books by black writers until I got to college. Yeah. yeah. Like you, yeah. you know, until I got to college and it was um, again, taking an African-American uh, literature course, which was taught by, the first course I took was taught by a white professor. Hmm. And the second one was taught by, do you remember Dwayne Jones? Dwayne the Jones. actor who played in Night of the Living Dead? Oh, wow. He wow. taught at NYU wow. where I went. And I used to always tease him about being in that film. <laughs> <laughs> but he taught African-American literature. So, so, you know, I just, just loved reading. I, mm. I, my, I have my granddaughter, my youngest granddaughter now, it just reminds me of myself whenever I see her, she's reading and um, going to the library. We had bookmobiles. Mm. Yes. Bookmobile used to come to the I neighborhood was, and I would get, I was yeah. just talking with uh, Tracy Sherrod last night. Uh, Cause she said, Tracy. all she wants to do is sit on the beach and read the books that she wants to read tired yes. of uh you know having and, to having to cajole people to see us 
Uh, that said, you know, I was like, I grew up, you know, with the book thing coming to the school. I bought my first book at five or six. I remember being so empowered to this day. I bought Curious George. I'll never forget it because it was a book that I purchased and I kept that book for like almost ever. Uh, and it meant so much to a little, you know, six year old at the time. It empowered me to really want to become a, a reader and those things don't happen anymore. How many kids are really getting those, those bookmobiles coming and, and being immersed uh, in, in the power of purchasing and reading um, yeah. books is, is so but we have to, yeah, we have to be very deliberate about it. I always like to one of the poems that Haki has is art on art and how we have to surround our children with art and literature right. and, and music. If if you want that to happen, you have to be deliberate and intentional and, and read to your children and, you know, take away the TV, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to, you have to find a way or, you know, find a balance, hmm. you know, find a balance with that. That's right. What, what, um, why does black literature matter to you when people ask, why do you do the work that you do? How did you, why does it, why is it so important black literature in your opinion, based on your long experiences with the literature? You know, we, we do not have people telling our stories from our perspective. Mm. On one hand, you can say literature. um, There are some universal messages, but they're told from particular experiences and perspectives. And so we um, write to tell our own unique story, to celebrate our traditions, to to include our voices, our own personal voices, to to tell the the stories that people are afraid to tell, to illustrate how complex, you know, the complexity and to avoid the complexity of our writing, to avoid stereotypes. I just have, I just um, saw Death of a Salesman on uh, this past weekend, and I was curious as to how that would play out because, as you know, you know, Arthur Miller is white, and it's mm-hmm. all black characters. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think it does a really good job of doing is illustrating the complexity of the black experience. It doesn't have to always be around you know the 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 woman who's going to be you know the angry black woman and the um the man who has nothing this this shows that we have experiences that transcend sometimes they transcend race but they also give other people our own unique story Mm. so Mm. i think that in in watching that although they never mention race right you can tell by the subtleties, if you look in between, you can tell that the experiences that the characters were having that Willie Lomo went through yes. is because of who he was and who he represented. There was racism there. It didn't have to be in your face, but you if you learn to read at what's not said as well as what's said, you get that story. So we have just many complicated um stories that represent our experience. You mentioned um, the horror, the LA banks. So we're, we're doing um, our, our, our upcoming National Black Writers Conference is on black speculative fiction. Hmm. And it 
it takes, uh, we're honoring Cherie Renee Thomas and Jude mm. Parker Rose. And so Cherie Renee Thomas, I don't know if you remember, she did Dark Matter. Yeah. But she called on all of these writers and put them in a volume and said, this is Black speculative fiction. But guess what? We've been doing Black speculative fiction for years. Mm-hmm. You know, when you bring in the magical realism, when you bring in, um, you have the, August Wilson was doing that. You have the ancestors who are talking. You have the voices, the inner, the um, piano lesson. <laughs> you know, you when you look at all of the elements that combine to give us experiences where we can rely on, on um, the spirit. Yes. The spiritual part of our lives is very important. And the spiritual part of our lives um, gives us answers. And then, of course, there's fantasy. And just imagining other worlds. It has become so, you know this, so prevalent among um, Black writers. And Walter I mean, Mosley. We have yeah, imaginations, don't we? We have imaginations. Right. We, 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 we have, have imaginations. Right. We yes. have spent uh, year, hundreds of years uh, not seeing ourselves, but imagining ourselves, you know, growing up watching, you know, everything from Sound of Music to, you know, Wizard of Oz. Uh, it took so many years to get the whiz, but we always imagine ourselves as Dorothy or as, you know, one of those Von Trapp children, uh, 866-801-8255. <laughs> Dr. Brenda M. Green is here. Kevin Powell is here. And she was talking about Death of a Salesman starring actor Wendell Pierce, who's amazing. Um, I'm going to ask both of you as I'm putting together a canon, a hundred books, you know, they always have these lists and the lists are usually compiled by people who are uh, ill equipped to compile any list, the latest 200 singers list that we're not going to speak about uh, who put that out just for clicks and algorithms, not, not for a real understanding of what we really know as a singer from a book standpoint, if you were starting a canon, what book must be on that canon a hundred years from now for the people who aren't here now that they must read. Dr. Green, let's start uh, with you. <laughs> well, oh. you know, there's some books that are already in the canon. Of course we have like Toni Morrison. Oh, okay. So, so we have Paul Marshall, Paul Marshall, for example. Yes. Um, John Williams. Um, well, we have a Mary. He, he's, he's out there, but I don't know how much he's in the canon. Baraka. Right. Amiri Baraka, yes, Amiri Baraka, um, Hakeem Habudi. He he has not given been given his due with respect to the kind of work he's done. Um, of course, you now have Zora Neale Hurston, um, yes. who's always been part of the canon. Um, I love um, Marita Golden. Mm. She's written mm. so. I mean, I love her books. I mean, they they speak to. Give us a couple of titles. For, for those who don't uh, know. Migrations of the Heart, which was her debut autobiographical uh, uh, novel. Um, the, the What's the book um, she did? She did one on Alzheimer's. Boy, I'm blocking. Uh, she did one on, I, I'm blocking on the names. Okay. But if, I mean, she has about 20 something books. Oh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and people, oh. and they're in all genres. is nonfiction and fiction. And um, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm blocking on it. So then you have um, Ida B. Wells, a sword, a sword, sword amount of lions. Um, when and where I enter. Yes, Paula Giddings. Okay, you have um, Isabel Wilkerson's mm-hmm. Warmth mm-hmm. of Other Sons. 
you know, I think um, I just finished reading and it, this um, Green and Blue by Richard, not Richard Wesley, Richard Wesley is someone I would definitely include mm -hmm. his mm -hmm. plays. Uh, the um, So I think what I, I wouldn't even I, now you've just you just open up the world because playwrights should be a part of the canon. Thank they you. should be. Definitely. I, yeah. They're writers. They're writers. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even I mean I would I would start I mean Dr. Green said Zora and the Eyes were watching God is my favorite novel ever. Yes, Just I agree. Everything is there. Everything is there, you know. Um you know to Dr. Green's point, I would for color girls and Zaki, that has to be there. People need to just read the book, read the book version of it, read the poems. Um Henry Dumas, a lot of folks don't know who mm -hmm. that is, you know, but <laughs> He and I, I, Dr. Grant discovered him probably because of the conference and because of Eugene Redmond, you know, his work, yes. preserving his life. His, Henry Dumas is tremendously important. Um, Knees of a Natural Man, Karen, is the poetry collection. Knees of a Natural Man. Henry Dumas is someone that I fell in love with as a poet a long time ago. I just, man, he could write. Um, I love Lucille Clifton as a poet. Yes. I'm going to lean towards the poets for a second, if that's all right, Dr. Green. Surprise, Lucille surprise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lucille Clifton, I love. Oh, my gosh. Um, this is so many. And that's the thing that I didn't know. I didn't know, you know, there's Harlem Renaissance. There's all the folks before the Harlem Renaissance. There's the negritude movement of Caribbean and African writers. There's the Black arts movement. There's so many different layers of black literature. When I was in college, like Dr. Green said, I started with African-American literature, then I expanded to Afro-Caribbean, African, black British, black Canadian. I was like, let me just read everything I get my hands on by black folks. And it just blows your mind because she's right. Dr. Green is so right. We can write about anything. We can write about anything. And it's amazing. And it just, it, it also, it just for me, you know what, Dr. Green, you're the, you're the guest. If someone takes a serious dive into black literature, what will it do for their life? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. If someone makes a conscious effort to dive deeply into Black literature, what would it do for their life? It's going to, to enrich their lives. It's going to deepen their understanding of our experiences in the in Americas, throughout the African diaspora. Because you have the Caribbean, you have the, the European, Black Europeans and what they're writing. It's, it's just going to expand our sense of of the range of, of topics we're talking about is going to um, share those those things we don't talk about. I think about Edwidge Dundercat. Yes. And how she has really a chronicle chronicled the the what has happened to Haitians and um, also just exposing the ways that we survive. That's the other thing. Black literature, it shows us ways to survive. That was the theme of the conference, the beautiful struggle. Yeah. So we're in struggle, but we also have hope. And how do we survive? You mm. know, when I read, I'm inspired. Mm -hmm. If I'm troubled by something, you could, I'm, I can always look in a book and see the bigger picture. That's right. One book that really um, moved me was Take My Hand by Dolan Perkins Valdez. Oh, yes. And she told about what happened to those young girls. So it also can motivate you to take action. It's a call for action. You know, John Oliver Killens. And then we heard the thunder. Yes. What happened to Black soldiers? Um, John Edgar Wideman. I was yes. thinking about bringing that book. 
writing to save a life, which gives the imaginary story of Emmett Till's father and what he went through because he was also murdered, Hmm. you know, in World War II. That's right. You know, and so you think about it just, it just helps you. I keep, I keep going back to saying that black literature just um, helps you to see things from other perspectives. Mm. It helps, it helps white readers as well as uh, black readers, you know? We have uh, just a short uh, few minutes left, Dr. Brenda Green. Uh, The Wild Seeds uh, Retreat for Writers of Color at Megar Evers College, February 23rd through the 26th. Uh, Registration opens on the 17th of this month. What are you looking for? Who's coming? What, if I'm a writer, why would I, you know, come to do, what what am I going to get? From, from okay, actually, registration closes oh, on the seventeenth. I'm we, sorry. We started, we started advertising that for that right after the um, jubilee, and mm-hmm. so we have it's it's um, a a workshop where you really get individualized attention. We are used doing the genres of poetry and um, fiction. Willie Perdomo, the New York State. Poet Laureate is is teaching the poetry workshop. It's over four days. You spend about five hours each day and you workshop, but you also have, you workshop with other writers, but you have an an opportunity to get individualized instruction. And Kia Cawthron, who is um, a wonderful writer and also a playwright. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Her her book on, what is the name of her book? Her book, her, her, her novel, which told about the blacks who were living during the 18th century, this 19th century is really good. She's a wonderful writer. Moon in the uh, Mars. Moon in the Mars. Yes, 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 yes. She, she, um, so I think they're going to really be able to get a lot of attention. Um, the Wild Seas Retreat, we had one of the writers, one of the people who co co edited your anthology. Oh, the writing Alito workshop. Hernandez. Yes. She's yeah, the, she, yeah. she participated in our Wild Seas Writers Retreat um, in the summer because we hold in the winter at McGurvis College and in the summer we go upstate. So well, please go yes. to our website, register. We we have scholarships. We are really looking to to give you an opportunity to work on your on your craft and to be in conversation with other writers. We will uh, tweet it out at centerforblackliterature.org, Wild Seed, the uh, conference. Thank you so much. Uh, January 17th, it ends. Thank you, Dr. Green, for being here today. I appreciate you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.